Welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I'm your host, Sarah Fennell, international fitness model and former IFBB pro figure athlete turned personal development sponge, entrepreneur, and online marketing junkie. I want to have it all in life, and I am not afraid to admit it. This show is for high-performing, high-vibing humans who are ready to take action, step through their fears, and up-level their life and business. Join me as we take one more step closer to that today. Welcome back to another episode of The Fulfillment Project. I'm your host today, Sarah Fennell, and I am super excited to welcome my guest, Jay Wong. He is a serial entrepreneur, real estate investor, and host of the Inner Changemaker podcast, which has consistently been rated top 100 podcasts in iTunes Canada. He also recently got named as one of the top 40 millennial influencers to follow in 2018, and he constantly creates content around the theme of legacy over currency. On this episode today, we're diving into podcasting. So if you have been interested in launching a podcast or starting a stream of content online for your audience, this is the episode you want to listen to. Let's get to the show. Jay, welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I am so excited to connect with you after we briefly met there not too long ago at uh, Craig's event. Yeah, Sarah, it's an absolute pleasure to come on, come on, hang out, and uh, kind of maybe continue some of the epic conversations we were have uh, we were having at that uh, that intimate mastermind. But uh, really happy to just come on here and and um, you know be able to contribute in any way to the Fulfillment Project. Amazing. Thank you. And I love everything that you're doing. You know, we we met at Craig Ballantyne's event there and uh, I heard you had a podcast and I'm a little bit of a, a podcast whore, I have to say. <laughs> I absolutely love them. Yeah, and then yeah. Joe's like, oh no, not another podcast. Right, right, right. So of course I'm like, inner change maker, what is this? And then I definitely reached out to you and I was like, I'm in love. Oh, you have a new subscriber. <laughs> so I love everything that you are doing with your podcast. It's It's amazing. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, I'm excited to see what, you know, when you guys have this and how that works for your marketing. Um, because I, I talk about it all the time. The podcast changed so many different aspects of my life. And uh, I'm, I'm immensely grateful for it. But uh, I think it's also an amazing marketing tool to bet on uh, moving forward, you know, whether it's 2018 or 2020 or even beyond. I, I think it's an amazing, really smart move. Mm-hmm. And I definitely want to dive into, you know, your story and, you know, pick your brain a bit about podcasting and, and really give some nuggets of information to our listeners here. So I, I just want to scale back a little bit. I mean, your your podcast is called The Inner Changemaker. What is an inner changemaker? How would you define that? You know, Sarah, the if I had to be really honest about that, um, when I first started the show, I didn't put a definition to it. I didn't put... Uh, a value system behind the change maker. Truth is, I didn't know what it meant. Um, I knew like the ethos of it, right? I, people creating legacy, creating some level of impact, but it was it was pretty vague, right? And um, I look back on that, and I think one of the things I did right was that I was willing to launch without kind of having it perfect, and. Over the course of the last like 200 plus like interviews and episodes, because of the people that are able to come on, because they were able to share their insights, their perspectives, their their own life wisdom, 
it's really helped me in the last like six months to a year actually craft the a perfect definition, you know, to to what a change maker is. And so I'm so glad you you started this way because usually it takes a couple questions to kind of you know get here. But um, for me and for a lot of our uh, people in our community, we believe that you know it's not about aiming to change the world. You know, a lot of people are super gun ho, you know, when, when they first come out of the gate, maybe they're starting their business, maybe, you know, they're, you know, they, they want to be able to impact a global community. And that's amazing mm-hmm. to, to, to aspire to want to do that. That speaks volumes to the character of who you are as a leader. But if you look at how the leaders have done it, if you look at some of the great entrepreneurs and how they've been able to achieve that success, they didn't actually start out with the aim of doing that. What they wanted to do was actually work on becoming the best version of themselves, right? They wanted to optimize who they were, tap into their own genius, and ultimately be able to impact those closest to them whether it's their family, boyfriend, girlfriend, their partner, their students, their clients, whatever it is, be able to be a great leader for those people. And if you could start doing that, that's ultimately our thesis on how you can change the world. And so that's what a change maker is. Someone who doesn't necessarily want to change the world, who they're not aiming to that, they're looking to become the best version of themselves. Mm, I love that. And I think we're at such an amazing time, you know, with those, this millennial generation coming up and people, I think as human beings, we generally want to make change. We, we want to impact people's lives and it's not about the tools or modalities that you have. It's who you are and, and your experience and what you've been through and how you can really, you know, step up for other people. So you, you summarize that amazingly. I love that. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and this is the thing, right? We all realize that as entrepreneurs, as, as, as movement creators and leaders, as, as writers and people with a message and, and people that want to share something with the world, like the wanting to do that, like we ourselves are the biggest asset, right? And sometimes, you know, we, we talk about it a lot of times, uh, you know, whether we're working with entrepreneurs and launching their, their businesses or, or their podcasts is that there's a lot of self-worth issues around, you know, taking care of ourselves and, and being good enough. Right. But if you're willing to raise your hand and say, Hey, I have the message to want to share with the world. And I want to be able to impact people on, on, on an emotional level, as well as an external level. Um, you have to take care of you and you have to take care of, of you being that biggest asset. Mm -hmm. And I believe in order to grow something, I mean, your level of success is always determined by that that next level that you're able to push yourself and you're able to grow into. And I love personal development. I love that, you know, I met you at yeah. you know, Craig's workshop there. It just goes to show how dedicated you are to your own growth. For sure, for sure. And and I think it's, you know, being in little intimate, you know, shout out to Mr. Craig Valentine, yeah. <laughs> right? Because, you know, for bringing together mm-hmm. like-minded people, there's there's almost nothing like it you know, um, that will, you know, just kind of give you that clarity, but also accelerate your own results, your own growth to be around other people that are growth minded, you know, that are out there that they also want to go and crush it and be able to do all the things and, and be able to serve their family and, and be able to take care of people that they care about. I mean, you know, that's what I think all great leaders want. It's just a matter of, you know, kind of shedding all the the BS that we tell ourselves and getting super clear and being able to execute on those things. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I mean, you've created something amazing for yourself and the movement that you have 
going on. Now, it, it wasn't always like this, you know, <laughs> life doesn't always start out with, <laughs> with rainbows yeah. and butterflies. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I know, you, you know, you've, you've said before, you've went from, you know, sleeping on your parents' couch to now, you know, running yeah. this successful company and having multiple businesses. I would love for you to, you know, take us back and, and tell us a little bit about how everything started for you. And was the podcast the catalyst for everything of, you know, of what you've accomplished and where you are now? Yeah, you know, um, for whatever reason, and I don't even talk about this a lot, but it, when you were asking your question, this kind of came up for me. And, you know, <clears throat> when when you say like, you know, how did it all begin? How did it all start? And I actually think back and what came to my mind was when we were, um, I was 16 years old, uh, my parents ran this restaurant in, in a place called La Plata, Maryland. Okay, and I actually grew up, even though I'm Canadian, I grew up in the U.S. I spent my developmental years there, and um, we had just found out that they were going to shut down the restaurants, and not only that, but they were in so much debt that one of the, you know, obvious solutions, um, obvious, being that they were going to end up declaring bankruptcy, and that was kind of like my first introduction. This is before business school. This is before, you know, trying to be good at anything in life. Like I was just a normal, you know, kid who was trying to be cool, try to fit in just like a lot of people probably going through, you know, different stages of life. And, um, you know, all of a sudden my family was, you know, in this financial crisis and, 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 and I remember that night, you know, we're all crying, huddled in the back of the restaurant. Um, no one knows what is going to happen next, you know. And uh, I remember making a decision right there and then that I was going to, I don't know how to solve these things. I don't know how to, I don't know if I can help this business. I don't know if I can help my family. I don't know if I can be that person for them. But I'm going to figure out how to become the best of whatever this is, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm going to figure out whatever my gifts are, whatever, whatever, you know, people t are telling me to do all the time and focusing on my grades and whatever it is, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it all. And I'm going to be able to, to save my family and, and hopefully, you know, keep them away from pain. And, you know, it, it, it didn't end up that way. You know, we lost the restaurant. <laughs> my parents declared bankruptcy. I, you know, I was 16 years old. I didn't know anything. I didn't know how to be able to do that for them. And, um, I remember that night though, because it impacted the way I started looking at everything, the way I, I started attacking life, the way I started positioning myself, the way I started figuring out what my gifts and what my own, you know, talents were. And, um, you know, I, I, I was scared. I, I figured out what I was actually really good at at about a year after that. Um, and, um, you know, we can go into it if you want, but I ended yeah, up, uh, absolutely. Go you know, it, it's, it's kind of a long story, but you know, long story short, I ended up, um, becoming, uh, the male valedictorian speaker at my high school graduation. And, um, it's super nerdy because I wasn't good at academics. Like I had like a C average, you know what I mean? Like, like maybe like a B minus type thing. Um, never was good at anything. Never was great at anything. Um, you know, ran track and field, couldn't even make the regional team cause they only took the top four people. I was the number five guy, you know, like always like kind of missed mm -hmm. out right at like that, that actual great level. And, um, you know, I, 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 somewhere along the way I figured out, I just, I, I figured out the right room that I needed to be in. And, uh, it was the first talk I ever gave Sarah. 
you know, yeah. first talk I ever gave, you know, 4,000, uh, 35, 4,000 people, uh, Washington, D.C., Constitutional Hall. Um, I don't remember the exact date, but it was one of the most life-changing moments because in that moment, I knew exactly what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Mm. I knew that I, I knew that there was something there, but it's not a happy story because I spent the next nine years, okay, no joke, I spent the next nine years denying myself of what I knew when I was 17 years old. Just denying myself and saying, you know what, everybody's going to college or university, I gotta go, mm. you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm still trying to fit in, right? Yeah. Um, you know, some of my friends are going to business school, you know, heck, my, my, my parents lost their business and now they hate entrepreneurship and all this kind of stuff and now our families and borderline, you know, like we went from kind of middle class to we're, you know, borderline not in middle class, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, maybe I'll go to business school, maybe I'll get a little smarter so that I can avoid that down the road. Um, I went through all those motions, you know, four years in business school came out. Maybe I need to get a job because that's what everyone else is doing. You know what I mean? Um, maybe, maybe I gotta, uh, maybe I gotta go do this. And I went through for nine years, literally denying myself of what I knew when I was 17 in that pure moment of, of this is what I think I can be great at. And it took me almost a decade to come back, to, to come in a full circle and realize I could have been spending all this time working on you know, me, my gifts and, and creating the impact that I truly wanted to create. And so, you know, when I first started, I, I tried everything, you know, I tried writing blogs, I tried making videos, I tried, you know, should I be on Pinterest? Should I be on Instagram? Like all the stuff that you think you need to do, I tried it all. And um, fortunately, um, podcasting was kind of one of the last things that, you know, I wanted to give a go at. And uh, I almost knew immediately that it was going to be something that w was going to have a great impact because, you know, I, I can leverage, you know, communications, I can interview people. It, it gave me that flexibility. Um, and, uh, you know, I was shocked uh, when we launched about two and a half years ago that, um, you know, we started popping everywhere on, on new and noteworthy and, and the top 100 and, and self-help. And, and at first it was in Canada, then it was in the U.S. Um, and, and that honestly was a huge boost, a huge start to um, everything that we're running now. Mm. I love the storytelling. I love hearing the journey because it's so easy to look at where someone is now and, and not understand that I think everybody needs to go through that learning process. And especially, in, you know, like what you said, you know, at 17 years old, you do usually end up on that, and I'm using bunny ears quotations here, that <laughs> typical path to success, you know, go to school, get good grades, get a good job. And I think as a society, we're slowly coming out of that, but the school system has such a, such a, such a strength around, you know, young individuals because it's a business as well, right? Yeah. So I love that we have all these amazing streams and content and platforms to be able to to get your message out there and to do what you want as an entrepreneur if you feel like that is your calling. So, you know, I condone you for, you know, really following back on on what what was speaking to you from the beginning and I'm sure it wasn't an easy road. Yeah, I, you know, a lot of times on these types of interviews or, you know, some, sometimes in, in publications, people always ask like, hey, what's your, what was the hardest part? Mm. You know, what was, the, what was the hardest part of doing all of this, right? And I always think like it's, you know, this stuff is hard, like the day-to-day -day stuff and managing a team. Like, yes, you could say all those things are hard. The hardest part is that beginning part when you're just starting and you have those inner demons 
you know, that are asking you, you know, who are you to think that anyone would listen, Mm -hmm. you know, or who are you to think that anyone will read this? Who's going to watch this? What value do you have to give? Who's going to be there to support this? You're, you're, you're a nobody. You have no experience in this. What can you give? You know, and, and it's not anybody telling you this. The worst part is it's yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's yourself kind of beating yourself up for whatever reason. Maybe you're trying to keep yourself safe. Maybe you're trying to not expose yourself too much. Um, but I remember I remember those moments and those were some of the hardest times to be able to still say, you know what, I acknowledge that, but I'm I'm still gonna show up. I'm I'm still gonna turn on the mic. You know, I'm I'm still gonna mm-hmm. publish and I'm still gonna upload even though it looks bad. You know, even though it looks like a train wreck, because it kind of is in the beginning, yeah. right? And and all real entrepreneurs and 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 people that are starting something, they know that they know it's insanely chaotic, right? Um, and and I think of the quote like every master was once a, a disaster. Um, I don't know if that's the exact quote, but um, I, I I just I just know that the only way to to get to where you want to go is 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 by executing. And by refining your art and by refining your gift as you go, um, but you have to start first. One hundred percent, and and this is why I love doing these interviews and, and talking about people's stories, so that you know anybody listening to this understands that if you want something, you know, there's always going to be that voice inside of your head saying, you know, who are you to do this? And also, you know, then that impatience comes with thinking, I, I it's not working. <laughs> is anybody listening? Is anybody watching? Does anybody care? And those who are truly successful, it's, it's ignoring that voice and it's, it's just moving forward. And I love, you know, uh, earlier when we were talking about just putting yourself out there, whether you think it's perfect or whether it's not and refining as you go. And I feel a lot of people, this is where they, they get tripped up or this is where they, their success stops is because they listen to those demons in their head and they're too worried about, well, it's not ready yet. It's not perfect yet before they just launch themselves out into the world. Yeah. So when sure. you started your podcast, what was that like for you from a, a launch perspective? Yeah. So I I'm I, I have the belief that launching a like having a well thought out launch strategy for your podcast mm-hmm. um, is going to make the biggest difference. And you debuted and, as you know number one self help. You were right up there right. with with Lewis Howes and, and Brendan Burchard and all those those big names. So. I would love for you to dive into that with us. So here's the thing. I, I launched no email lists, no like consistent social media, like posting. So if anybody listening to this, if you have anything of an email list, you know, if you have any uh, level of a social media following, you're going to be starting with way more of an advantage than, than I did. Um, but even if you have none of those, you could still do this, which is it's, it's about any time you launch anything there, there's kind of like a cardinal rule, right? You have to get people involved mm-hmm. in the launch so that they feel like they're launching with you rather than helping you on a launch. I don't know if that, that makes any sense. Like mm, they, totally. they need to feel like they're a part of the thing, yeah. right? So that they're invested into it. They're, they want to see you succeed. Um, and so the question becomes, how do you do that, right? How do you do that if you don't, you know, you're just starting out, you don't have the resources, um, you don't, you know, you're not driving traffic or you don't have, you know, a team around you. How do you do that, right? Um, so a couple different, like, levels. I don't know how tactical you, you want to get, um, but more, more than happy to, to dive into, to, to each thing. Um, you know, I, I think going into your immediate network 
of getting people to be coming on board, the best way of getting anybody to come on board, in my opinion, whether it's how do you get on my show or, you know, can we, you know, work together as clients in even today, I still think a huge portion of this is the way that you reach out to them and the way, if it's a, like a personalized email, if it's a personalized video, if it's personalized audio, that itself goes in such a huge way because people we're living in a world where you know there's an abundance of content and emails and everything right mm-hmm. people have been inundated all the time with almost everything and so the second you take the time to personalize something the sec this is why writing cards are still very effective Absolutely. you know handwriting cards someone's like someone right? took the time to put a stamp on that and send all it to me <laughs> it gets your full mm-hmm. attention right sarah Mm-hmm. So that's what people need to do. It's not about blasting people. It's not about, you know, your your eight email sequence. It's not about constantly putting the ad in front of them. Yes, it's some to some degree it is effective, right? But what will definitely get someone to take action, what will definitely get someone to notice is if you are able to showcase that you took some time in crafting and reaching out to them and asking them to support you. That's how you're going to get that 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 buy-in. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I did that with my own network, literally got out a sheet of paper, wrote 20 to 30 names of people that would support me. Right. University friends, high school friends, you know, teachers, people I used to work with, like anybody, anybody who was willing to give me a few minutes. Right. And Mm -hmm. and that I thought would would really help me. Um, That's one segment of people. Another segment of people is people that you interviewed. Right. Um, So especially if you're launching a podcast, I thought I went back um, and this is not even something I did well, but it's something I always recommend to a lot of my students now um, uh, to do, which is going back to those first initial interviews and saying, hey, we're launching on this date. Right. Um, Who's willing to give us a little bit of support and leveraging maybe their email list, Mm -hmm. right? Leveraging maybe their social network, right? Uh, That's gonna make an ultra difference as well. Um, And and a third segment for me was going back to those mentors, you know, going back to those people that kind of made a difference in, in my life, maybe, maybe it was just an idea, um, you know, maybe I just, you know, maybe, maybe we, we had one conversation at one event, you know, maybe they don't even necessarily remember it too much. Um, but, uh, you know, going back to those people and saying, like saying that, you know, because of their idea, because of their thing, they were able to help me even get to the launch. Do, do, do you see mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. so like they're invested to some degree, whether, you know, willingly or not, they're invested in, in my success, right? They want to see me do well because if I do well, it means, you know, their advice was great. You know, mm-hmm. it means that, that you know, that they're, you know, they were able to give me some value that was able to help trigger something in me. So um, those were the three little pockets of people. Everybody here listening, like you could stop listening. On, well, don't stop listening. But like, you know, if you think if you're thinking of launching a podcast, <laughs> even those three segments of people right now, everybody has those. Yes. Right. And I think this, I think this is a valuable lesson for anything that you want to get out into the world. You need to ask for help. And so many people are afraid to ask for help or feel that it makes them look, you know, not capable. But at the end of the day, you can't just throw a post on social media and expect everybody to jump all over what you're doing. <laughs> there needs to be that integrative approach. Yeah, absolutely. And and he, here's the thing. Here's a test for everybody, right? Um, let, let's just say we're really good friends. And let's just say we get on the phone and the first words, like literally the first words out of my mouth is, I need a favor from you. Mm-hmm. You know, the, if if I start with that, 
you would have to really like me. You know, there's certain there's certain people in your life that they can almost ask for anything, mm. right? And and that's possible. But for most people, you know, if you're gonna fall into that most category for people, that first sentence is gonna trigger something in them that says, "Hey, I would love to help you, but you know how busy I am, right? Do you know how? Yeah. You know, you're you're kind of taking something from their day." But in, in the way that you reach out, if you could bring them into an emotional state, if you can remind them of something, you know, something cool that you guys did, if you could highlight something from a positive standpoint and then maybe ask, um, that, that, that difference um, is, is pretty vast. Mm-hmm. And it just humbles you when, you know, I need a favor or I need your help. Like who is going to say no? 100%. Yeah, yeah. So the podcast game has been around for, you know, quite a few years. Do you feel it's too late to get into the podcast game? Or do you um, feel like we're at a really nice pivotal point where it's starting to really pick up? I think this is a great, great question. And, you know, I am hesitating because I want to be right. You know <laughs> what I mean? I want I want us to look at this, you know, a few years from now. And I want to be like, you know what? I was I was right on that. Um, I think here's the thing. If you look into it, if you look at the numbers, and this is not Jay's opinion, okay? If you look at the numbers, there's 42, last year they recorded 42 million weekly podcast listeners. That number is big, but we, you know, let's put some context around that, okay? That number actually has more than doubled in the last four years, okay? Mm-hmm. And so people are listening to podcasts everywhere. Is it because podcast is a new thing? No. It's because podcasting has technically been around since before even 2006. People didn't call it podcasting then. Uh, they call it like on you know, internet radio or you know streaming audio or whatever it was. Um, if you look at what's changed in the last five years, one of the things that's changed is the accessibility to podcasts. You know, you look at uh, I was in an Uber the other day. And uh, I, I literally got in. It was it was like a Honda Civic or something, not nothing fancy. And they had a little dashboard um, in the car. And the guy said, "Do you have a Spotify playlist, or do you have a podcast you'd like me to play?" Oh. And he had he had both of those pulled up. Nice. And I was like, "Man, this guy's going for the the five star." Yeah, I, the over deliver. <laughs> yeah, he's going for the over deliver. But I thought, wow, what a great like what a great question to ask in 2018. In fact, of course you would ask that question in 2018, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it of course it's a thing that it's so embedded now in in today's world. So, you know, the accessibility has changed. If you look at, you know, where iTunes is uh, was 5 years ago, but now there's so many different players from Google Play to um to Spotify to the amount of money that Amazon Alexa is pouring into being dominating that kind of voice at home, you know, category, right? And competing with Google uh, Assistant, right? And you think about the way that people are buying things on Amazon Prime, right? And, and, and you know, how people are dating these days, right? With apps, how people are ordering food. What does that show you? It shows you that we're living on this on-demand society, right? Mm-hmm. So you have accessibility, that's increased. Technology is everywhere. Everybody has a cell phone. Everybody that goes in any Uber has the option to play a playlist, a podcast, whatever it is. So the access is there. And we're living in a world where people want things right away. 
right? You order something on Amazon, it arrives the next day. You order, you know, a book, whatever it is. If you want food, it's it's only a few clicks away. You want a date, it's a few clicks away, right? <laughs> and so what that shows you is that people, your potential customer, people that are listening that want to dive deeper on a certain topic, they're living in this world. They want to access the best content. They want answers to their questions right now on demand and they know how to get it. Hmm. Whether it's on their cell phone, it's in their car, they know how to be able to tap into this. And so I think 2018, this is a turning point. This is a huge turning point where I would say the last five years or so, it's definitely be, been video, right? Who hasn't heard of like, you got to have video, yeah. right? We are living in the golden era of video, but ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, first and foremost, we are moving into the golden era of audio. Mm. Yes. Because this, yeah. this, it's happening, right? Because yeah. what's ending up happening, and this is not just my opinion, if you listen to any of the influencers in social media, uh, in marketing, in the way that they're creating things, everyone would love to watch your video. Everyone would love to watch a, an hour keynote that you gave to a, a $5,000 mastermind. But the truth is, are they sitting in front of their computer? Can they do it on the go, right? What's mm -hmm. easier? Video on the go or audio on the go? Yeah, it's interesting. Joe and I have recently experienced this too. We did a 60-day uh, to success challenge from January for eight weeks. And we did eight weeks of Facebook live video. And we had quite a yeah. few people actually reach out and they were like, are you putting these on a podcast? Because they were 20 to 40 minute long Facebook lives. And really? it was, yeah. yeah. And people were like, I don't have time to sit here and watch this. And I'm thinking, well, of course, like I don't even have time to sit there and, and watch all that. So you're absolutely correct with saying we are going into audio. And I mean, I listen to podcasts, putting my makeup on or driving to the gym or, you know, if we have those little snippets of time to be taking in content, audio is hands down the best way to intake it. For sure. And, and look, don't get me wrong. I love video, mm. right? Like my girlfriend's a YouTuber. Like we started posting some stuff on, on my own YouTube channel. Like I love video because it shows the mannerisms. It shows like all those kind of nuances, right? But let, let me be clear about this. With voice, there's a certain level of intimacy that it's really difficult to replicate almost in any other channel. Because if you think about it, people are literally, people right now, like just do, just stop what you're doing right now and look at how you're listening to this, mm -hmm. right? Chances are you have Bluetooth headphones on or maybe you have headphones on, maybe you're cleaning the house, maybe you're waiting at the bus, maybe, maybe you're at the gym, right? And you have these headphones on, it's a very intimate experience to have Sarah's voice, my voice, literally going into your brain, your, your ears, mm -hmm. right? And so, I, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times the, the first time that um, it really kind of spoke to me was uh, this guy. We, he jumped on a call with me and he's, uh, you know, he said, oh, my God, is this really Jay? Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's really it's really me. You know, this is uh, I, I didn't have any employees at the time. And so he's like, you know, he goes, Jay, you have no idea. You have been to the gym with me so many times. And I, at the time, I was like, I, I wasn't really working out by any means. Isn't and I was that like, the weirdest thing, though? You're like, uh, what? I was like, are you sure it's me? I was like, it's this is Jay Wong. Like, I, I'm like, I'm like in Europe right now. And he goes, no, 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 no. That's the thing. I know you're in Europe. And I was like, okay, that's kind of creepy, but okay, cool. Keep, keep going. And he goes, no, no, no. You don't understand. Um, you've been in the car with me multiple times, multiple days, long drives. You, you and me, buddy. And I go, are you, is it? Are you sure it's me? And then it clicked what he was actually saying. I was like, 
oh, like he's been listening to my podcast and he's gone through the last 10, 15, whatever episodes. Dude, this guy felt like he knew me. He binged he knew, on you. Yeah. Right. Like, like he knew who I was. He goes, yeah, you, you kind of say this a little too much. Uh, I loved your interview of over here. So that relationship, that rapport Mm-hmm. was like instantaneous, like right there. It was, it's like we've been, you know, best friends, right? He knew all these little, little nuggets about my life. And I was like, wow, like this is a powerful thing, you know, um, whether it's for a sales call, whether it's for uh, coaching anything, whether it's just for building a, a deeper relationship with your current customers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think every business owner um, needs to have some form where there, it's it's like that authentic voice, you know, that voice, you know, I always say, be that voice of reason for your customers, mm-hmm. right? And so you get that chance with the podcast. And, you know, now more than ever, I think we're looking for more of a deeper relationship with those people that we want to work with. And if you can expediate that no like, and trust process, you know, you have a faster client. And I'm finding for myself with podcasts, it's almost like an Instagram effect for me with, you know, hearing a podcast and they're interviewing another podcaster or an influencer that I never heard about or an author. And you just spiderweb yourself into, you know, more people, more information and, and areas that maybe you would not have found on your own. Yeah. I mean, the thing about uh, you know, people, once they listen, they really get the, you know, authors have, have, have loved podcasts, um, knowledge experts, anybody with like a true like message or they're leading a movement, they've benefited huge from, from a podcast because there's, you get your fans that they go, you know what? I love their stuff so much. I listen to all these different shows. And I listen to different variations of them. Um, and it also puts a great, um, kind of pressure on the content creator to constantly be able to kind of innovate and, and create something a little different for for each one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, our audience listening here, you know, we we target fitness professionals, personal trainers, you know, those trying to build their brand. I'm going to hammer at you a few questions in order to to help out our audience a little bit if they're considering starting a podcast or or getting into a content stream. Sure. Now, yeah. What Let's would you say? Are are three things someone should consider before starting a podcast? Um, formats would be the first thing uh, in terms of are you doing solo episodes? Are you going to do interviews? Are you going to repurpose talks? Is it going to be a combination of those? Right? Uh, formatting would be kind of like the first one. It's 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 the first one when it comes to anything, right? Hey, I'm going to launch an Instagram channel. Well what's going to be that schedule? What's going to be the form? Are you posting quotes? Are you posting videos? Right. Um, so formatting, uh, number two would probably have to be schedule. Is it a schedule that you could uphold? So consistency is a big thing in, in our world, right? It's almost like the second you're inconsistent, you get forgotten. You know what I mean? Um, so those are two kind of like tactical things, um, from a business owner standpoint, the biggest thing, uh, one of the biggest things I, I think you need to think about is are you making a podcast that's hyper, hyper niche in whatever the, the thing is that, that you want to do? Or are you going to go a little step above, kind of like the bigger overarching vision, the, the bigger over mission, so that you can attract a broader type of clientele, fans of the show, people that love listening to your things. Um, and then for the people that want to niche down, that want that to, to, to kind of geek out with you, they have those streams there. Those are the biggest things to have the podcast be a marketing channel that actually converts for you. 
Mm-hmm. Which actually leads me into my next question. So I, I'm, I like that you ended like that. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of people can see podcasts, you know, they're, they're hearing us talk and we're giving out information. We're talking, telling stories. How does someone monetize a podcast? So this is a great question. And I think it's one of the biggest myths of podcasting. And, and let me give you some context. I've spoken at some of the largest podcasting conferences all around North America, you know, from podcast movement to podcast, like all, all the, all the, the big ones. And one of the things that you notice very quick when you're at any of these conferences is that monetization, that track alone, that is a very popular track. You know, people are, you know, storming into the room early. People are standing in the back. People are sitting in the, the, the kind of middle aisle there because they're trying to figure this piece out. Right. Mm -hmm. And a huge proponent, huge myth, at least what I thought in the beginning was that if you launch a podcast, you need to go get sponsors and affiliates so that you could go and, you know, be a successful brand. And that's how you're going to monetize your show. Yes, technically you can go do that. I think for a lot of the business owners, though, solopreneurs, uh, people that 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 are knowledge experts, that's actually not the fastest way to go monetize your 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 show. The way to monetize your show is kind of the same model for how you monetize a YouTube channel, how you monetize any type of community is that you go and create the content so that you attract the people and you attract the right people that's ultimately wanting to be in your your community, your avatar, and that represents the front end of your business, right? Mm-hmm. Your front end's job is to drive relevant traffic. That's it, mm-hmm. right? Money doesn't live on the front end. Yeah. Money lives on the back end. What are the, what's the back end? The back end is your coaching programs. The back end maybe are your courses. It's the mastermind. It's the retreat. It's how you want to dive deeper with people in the relevant traffic. So you, the balance of this, and, and this is so important because when I didn't understand this, I made very little if none money in my business because you see a lot of times business owners are focused on how much engagement am I getting on my Instagram? How many likes am I getting, Sarah? How many downloads are you getting? <laughs> what are the YouTube views, right? You, these are common questions, right? Yep. And then people are basing their, their whole self-worth off these things, which is a kind of a different conversation. But what, they're fo- what are they focusing on? They're focusing on the front end where money doesn't live. So of course, of course they're not making any money, right? Of course, no matter how much you optimize any of these things, of course you're not making money because the job of the front end is to drive traffic, whereas the job of the back end is to be able to convert that traffic into a community and figure out what those pain points are for people in that community so that you can create products and services to be able to serve them at the highest level. Mm, you summed that up so well. And I think so many people think that they're putting out so much time and effort and knowledge and they think, how can I make money off this? When that is not the mindset to have at all. Yeah. And, and, and so that's the thing I am willing to invest in the personal branding, in the channels, because it's a channel, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm willing to invest the time to learn Instagram, the YouTube, uh, podcasting as the channels because I know their job is to drive the traffic. I don't try to make money. Now, have I made money through podcast sponsors? Yes, right? Have I made money speaking uh, around North America? Yes, but do I want to bank my lifestyle do I want to bank the security of my family around that off those off those things? I don't know. I don't know if that's creating a real business model. 
right? You want to be able to drive as much traffic. So, you know, if any of your episodes go viral or if, you know, you interview a, a huge celebrity, you want that to ultimately drive you traffic over time. Mm -hmm. And what you should be focusing on as a business owner is building an actual business that converts people in that community into potential buyers down the line. And you should be solving a problem. And that's as basic as it needs to get. Mm -hmm. And even like what we were talking before, it it creates that know, like, and trust. It creates that authority of who you are, and it creates that better relationship with your potential buyer moving forward. Hundred percent. And and then it even adds. It's kind of like it adds fire to the whole to the whole process when you have that level of intimacy. You know what I mean? And uh, when, when you like, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this from uh, people in our accelerator programs or, or people that we work with that are our high end, um, you know, clients that are, are kind of like more done for you type of, you know, in that range um, where they said, I listened to your podcast like for six months, a year, I've heard. You know, or they they started working with us and then they went back and they listened to the whole thing because they want to get to know you. Mm -hmm. Right. But after that, it changes the frame because you just like if you listen to like 20 hours of content from anybody, it cuts the it doesn't matter how long you've known them. You, you know some things about them. You know their story. You, you know, like, you know, you know, they're kind of like funny little uh, talents or, or what have you, you know, what's kind of like quirky about them. Um, so I think there, there's nothing better to kind of pour gasoline on that front end than being on podcasts and having your own podcast. Mm, I love it. And as a fitness professional or anyone looking to launch a podcast, what would you say the main three to five reasons to launch and host a podcast would be? So number one overarching reason is that you want to put a voice behind your products and services. Because look, I, and, and I'm just taking the fitness industry as an example, but I can only imagine how flooded the fitness market is. Mm right? Just kind of similar like personal development, right? Mm -hmm. There's everybody's doing personal or online market. Everybody's doing online marketing. Everybody's doing fitness, right? Yeah. So how the heck does one stand out, yeah. right? There's only a few different ways of doing it. One is in building what's called an attractive character, right? Where you're kind of like that center to be. People vibe with you, Sarah. They, they love what you have to say. So they listen, right? It's about getting people to listen. It's not about the content, but it's putting them in the right context, Right. And so the number one reason why you need to have a podcast is you're putting a voice behind your brand. You're putting a voice behind that, you know, 14 day detox. You're putting a voice behind the, the 90 day fitness boot camp. You're putting a voice and personality to these things so that it can stand out. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why people buy certain brands. They don't buy it because, you know, uh, it's it's it's, you know, so they justify it logically. Oh, because this material is a little better or oh, because they have these machines or whatever it is. Right. But they buy it because of the brand. They buy it because of the status. They buy it because they feel understood by the brand and it's and it's a representation of themselves. So um, that's the number like that's like, you know, I, I know you asked for like three to five things, but like, for me, like it's a no brainer because you want to be able to stand out in your marketplace. That is something that you can do. And then number two, here, here's the thing. Even if you're just starting out, you can now, you have like, you know, yesterday alone, I'll give you an example. Yesterday alone, I sent out um, about 10 to 15 uh, interview requests. Most of these people are going to say no, but the one or two people, statistically speaking, that will say yes to me, they are massive celebrities. 
and there it's beyond the personal development realm now but it's like the way the way that you can collaborate with your heroes, mm-hmm. with people in the fitness industry, with you know your own um, people that you look up to, that you aspire to, right? What are you doing? You know, by default, you're positioning yourself next to the greats, right? Tony Robbins says proximity is power, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. this is a great way of undercutting all whatever you think you have to go through, right? So that your proximity to these people that are great are that much better or that much closer. And if you create an amazing piece of content, you know what happens? They share that within their community. Boom. All of a sudden, warm traffic over cold traffic, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to be in business for five minutes to know that you want as much warm traffic as possible, right? Because now your message, your show, everything around you, your value system is being endorsed by that celebrity in your industry. And so that's what I would encourage a lot of the listeners here, whether you're in fitness industry, whether you're in something different, to think about that. How can you apply that into your own thing? Can you, are you putting a voice behind your fitness movement? Who are the people in your little niche, right? Whether it's DNA testing or it's women's fitness or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Who are the people that you could collaborate with so that they could help introduce you to their markets. Mm-hmm. And it gives you that reason to reach out. And I mean, uh, you know, Joe and I know from, from doing interviews, you know, such as, you know, talking to yourself, it's, it's also a learning experience for yourself along the way. I've learned so much and been given so much insight and even just more validation for what we're doing. So it, it changes your mindset for your business as well. A hundred percent. And you know what? That's a true opportunity to build a relationship. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's a true opportunity to not just email someone and say, Hey, can I pick your brain? Yeah. You know, can I ask you a few little questions and can I express to you my story? It's the idea of giving first. It's the, it's the most basic premise of let me help you share your message and through that process, we could either build a relationship. Look, you're not going to be best friends with every single person you interview, but the ones that you are, you deepen that relationship with, those become go-to people as you continue to grow and scale your movement. Mm, yes, love that. Now, let's say someone's listening to this and they're like, yes, Jay, like I'm on board. I want to launch a podcast. I have this <laughs> brand. I want to put yeah, a voice. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, I'm scared. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't like my voice. What would you say to someone who is afraid to put themselves out there? This is a really interesting question because this is something that I think a lot about. And the reason I think a lot about it is because a lot of people have this exact pain. Mm-hmm. They don't know, you know, they, they, they feel like they ramble on too much. They feel like maybe they don't, they don't like their voice. Maybe they feel like on some level that they're not sure the value that they even have to share. And, you know, I think about this like this is how I think about it. The fact that anybody feels the need like their intuition, a little tap on their shoulder, a little tap in their heart or whatever it is to want to share a message right out into the world that speaks volume about about that person. Here's the thing, though. I feel like a lot of people get that tap, but a lot, not a lot of people are able to execute on it, mm-hmm. right? And here's the difference. I think a lot of times people are waiting to have that confidence, that clarity, and then once they have that and they're like, you know what, I'm good with this, then they're going to move, right? 
And if you think about it in real life and you think about how you like internalize things, um, that's not actually how it, it happens. No. It's actually almost kind of like the inverse of that. And so let, let me give you, uh, let me give all the listeners like just a super quick example that, um, I always use with my students is, you know, imagine, you know, I say, Hey Sarah, like, um, you know, I know you guys are, are living, uh, out there. I'd love for you to come over to my place for a barbecue tonight. Okay. Drive over to my place. Can you make it? Awesome. You can. Okay. Here's the address of my house. All right. You're sitting in your driveway or you're sitting in the parking lot, whatever, and you type it into Google maps or I don't know if anybody uses anything besides Google maps, but <laughs> you know, you type it into Google maps. You're like, this is the address one, two, three, you know, J Wong street. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're like, and then Google gives you like all these, like, you know, there's like 50 different steps or whatever. Right. And so what most people are trying to do is literally they're trying to like get to the confidence. They're trying to get clarity. They're trying to like, you know, memorize the directions mm -hmm. to get to where they want to go. Right. And if you think about that, it's, it's ridiculous because that's not actually what would happen. Right. Google would say, Hey, go, you know, back out of the street and go left, you know? And then once you go left, it tells you drive 300 meters. Right. And so you kind of like, as you do one thing, you get clarity on what to do next. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's the same thing with confidence and clarity. You have to move first for you to get to where you want to go. You have to move first for you to get to that confidence, to that clarity. And if you don't do that, this is what ends up happening. Listen very carefully. You end up sitting in the parking lot or your driveway of your dreams, and you end up being one of these people that talks about how one day you would love to do that. Or, you know, one day I'm going to have the confidence to, to write that book or, you know, launch my podcast or do whatever it is. And you try to memorize it all. You try to map it out. You try to, you know, practice and, and get the right confidence, but you never actually move on it. So you can't ever actually get there. You'll, ne you'll miss the barbecue. And I don't want you to miss the barbecue because I love a good barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so powerful. I, I hope that answered your question. But honestly, um, that's what I think. Like, I know a lot of people are struggling with it, but look, everybody's struggling with it. Yeah. The only difference is for people that actually like, like do it is that they get better at it because the only way to get better at it is through to moving, do it. Through, yeah. through moving that first step and getting more confidence. Look, my first interview that I did terrible. Okay. Terrible. Like would like would be scared to show you be very, very nerve wracking. The 10th interview didn't even recognize myself. Right. Mm -hmm. 50th interview sound kind of close like what maybe what i'm sounding like now like the hundredth interview didn't even remember what it felt like to do the first one mm -hmm. right so it's it's a progression thing right uh one of my mentors always said choose progress over perfection you know um and always think about that i always say okay you know what's the next thing that how can i move closer how can i attend the barbecue and not stay trapped in on that parking lot yeah, I always believe in just jumping and figuring it out on your way down. And the more people I talk to, and I love that I, you know, do these interviews and talk to amazing entrepreneurs like yourself. And I realize that, like, no one has it all figured out. And that's cool. Like, that is just part of the journey. And you just have to let it unfold. And it might be messy. And you might make that detour or fall off the road. But that's just part of the that's just part of the journey. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. 
Well, Jay, I want to thank you so much for your time. Um, now I know you just launched a, a new Facebook group. Um, you know, you got some population going on there. You got some great things going on. Legacy driven entrepreneurs, everyone listening yeah. here, as soon as we're done this <laughs> podcast, as soon as you're done listening, please head on over to Facebook. What's going on in that group over there? So, you know, this was one of the, you know, you're talking about launching, right? Um, I wouldn't say it's a full on regret, but one of the things that I had wish if I could go back in time to do it all over again, I would want to focus more on the community side of things. It's one thing for people to get great content from you. It's kind of another when they're meeting people that are implementing the same ideas that you were trying to do, right? It's mm -hmm. like being in that, you know, it's the same reason why you would attend a mastermind. You wanna be around other like-minded people. And so um, Legacy Driven Entrepreneurs is a group of entrepreneurs that are focused on not just creating as many streams of incomes or profit for themselves, but they're looking a little further ahead. They're saying, how can I create that legacy for myself? How can I become the best version of myself? So it goes beyond just my podcast, mm -hmm. right? Not just It's not just people that listen to my podcast. It's not just like that uh, where I'm like telling you, all the inside traits, uh, tricks, but uh, in that group is the only place on Facebook that I focus on and I share in a free community. You have to apply, you have to be the right fit, but it, it is a free community where I share kind of, you know, the the one or two things that I love doing, whether it's in, you know, sharing my message, whether it's in podcasting, whether it's in building a business and it's in helping everybody create the legacy that they ultimately want. So um, I appreciate you for really mentioning that and, and noticing that because it's something I really haven't been pushing out there, uh, but it's, it's uh, moving forward. I want to be able to to showcase kind of more behind the scenes, kind of like the, you know, the, the interview format and being able to have that kind of live interaction with people that are in midst of creating, you know, their, their success. Um, I think that that is going to be invaluable for the community. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm just really excited to kind of bring, you know, some, some crazy people together. I always say crazies attract other crazies. Yeah. Um, and if that vibes with you, then I'd love for you to have you apply. I love it. I love it. And I truly believe, you know, in order to get ahead, you really need to lock arms with people. We need to learn together. We need to mastermind together. And, you know, I just love that I had the ability to to meet you last month at Craig's event. And if I hadn't done that, then, you know, this interview wouldn't be happening. And the more you connect and the more that you network, it just keeps unfolding and it just spiderwebs out in, in ways that you might not even recognize at the beginning. 100%, 100%. It's all in relationships mm -hmm. and it's really in how you build your network, right? Everybody knows uh, that, that saying that your network becomes your net worth, mm -hmm. right? 100%. And so, you know, I, I'd love to hang out with other people that are going to where I'm going. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and if that destination, if any of this like spoke to you, I'd uh, love to have you a part of there and, and love to share with you. Beautiful. Now, if people want to creep you, find you, where can we do that? <laughs> um, yeah, so since you're listening to the podcast and we talked about it so much, uh, the Inner Changemaker podcast is, is a great, great avenue uh, to get to know my work. We've interviewed uh, millionaires and, and even a few billionaires. Uh, we, had, we had Naveen Jain on um, as, well, as well as Tom Bilyeu. And, um, you know, check out that as a, as, as a great um, way to kind of be introduced. And you can kind of follow all my links and uh, all on social uh, all through there. Beautiful. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate your time. Thank you for giving us so much amazing, insightful knowledge on podcasting and entrepreneurship and really just 
having that strength to go after what you want and not let it take nine years like it did for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sarah, I appreciate the opportunity. And this was awesome. I talked about a lot of things I didn't talk about before. So um, can't wait to um, share this. And uh, if by the way, if anybody listening to this, um, you're still listening to this because, you know, you like Sarah. Um, Please let us know what some of your takeaways were. If you had any takeaways, if you. You know, if you didn't vibe with it, I mean, let let, let us know um, so that uh, we know, you know, how to create better content for you guys. Mm-hmm. I love that. And you never know what someone's going to take away from from an episode. You know, we try yeah. to always put out their good content and stories and, and make connections with people, but you never know what's going to resonate with someone. So I love that you put that out there. We would love to hear from you. For sure. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Thank you, Jay. All right. Talk to you guys next time. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Honestly, shows and podcasts like this are not possible without you. So I have so much gratitude for my listeners. You freaking rock. If you want to find me over on Instagram, I am Sarah.Fennel. Tag me in a post. Let me know what your favorite episode is. Hit me up with a DM. I will always write you back. Shows like this are not possible without ratings and reviews. So if you feel so moved, please write me an honest comment, an honest review, and let us know what you think of the show. 